Alright, take your Bibles this evening, if you would, turn to uh, Mark, the book of Mark in chapter uh, uh, 16. Mark chapter 16. I want to take a few verses this evening. There's some things that uh, we have begun to, to let slip amongst the people of God. And I, I want to just kind of uh, address that tonight, if I could, and uh, uh, maybe just look... I was trying to think here. The Lord just reminded me of a, a scripture back in Hebrews. I'm going to look and see if I can't find that quickly. But Mark chapter 15, if you would, you turn over there. Mark 16, excuse me. Mark chapter 16. I'm going to see if I can. Y'all forgive me just for a minute. I, I may not be able to find it here. But it, it talks about in Hebrews how that... Uh, uh, you know, there's some things that if we're not careful, we'll begin to let uh, let those things slip. And uh, Lord, where is that? Well, let's see. Now, if I can't find it here a little quicker, then we're just going to move on. Yeah, I don't see it. But there, there's, there, there it is. Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 2. Let me read this to you. It says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. God say, is saying to us, Look, the, the things that we've heard as His people, the, the truth is, we ought to give earnest heed to. In other words, we ought to... Uh, pay particular attention to. And, and uh, there's some things that, that I have no doubt as I travel and preach and, and as uh, we go about that I'm telling you churches, and I'm talking about independent, fundamental Baptist churches just like this, have begun to let slip. And if we're not careful, folks, we're going to find ourselves standing before uh, if you will, Brother Wilkins, one of my teachers and mentors, a fellow I travel with even now, uh, uh, working with, uh, he said this, lest you get in trouble with the boss. Now, I don't know about you, I don't want to be in trouble with the boss when I stand at the judgment seat, amen? I, 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 wanna, I, I want things to be alright. And the truth is, if we're not careful, there are some things that we'll let slip. And I want to take just a series of verses and truths and try to help us and encourage us, strengthen us in the area tonight. Mark chapter 16, look if you would, down to verse 15. Let's stand in honor of reading God's Word. Just one verse here, going to read verse 15. I'll tell you what, I'm going to read verse 14 too because I believe it will help us to maybe give it, get a sense of the Lord and who He's talking to here, alright? If you have it, say amen, wave at me, do something, let me know you're there. Everybody got it? Alright, Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Afterward, He appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. Now, here's, let, let, let me stop and talk about these fellows. That, that, it's the eleven apostles, alright? Now, they have seen the Lord crucified. They spent three and a half years with Him, right? Amen or not? All right. They they spent three and a half years with Him walking up and down uh, Israel, 
uh, uh, listening to him preach the Word of God. He even sent them out preaching the Word of God. And in fact, uh, if you remember, uh, when he chose them to be apostles, the Bible says this, that he gave them power uh, to heal diseases and all that kind of stuff. So these guys are out walking up and down through Israel preaching the Word of God. Alright? Now, but they've watched him. They, they've seen him crucified. But he's risen again now. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I'd be about excited right there. Amen? Amen. They, they, uh, I mean, the guy that I thought was a Savior, I, I watched him get crucified there on the cross. And I think, and, and those guys, you, let's remember, they were dejected, man. They, they were down. They said, boy, this, I mean, it's all over. Remember at one point, Peter gave up so bad. I mean, he says, I go fishing. The other fellow said, I'm going with you. I mean, these guys had been depressed. Now, though, they've seen the Lord. He's risen again. And I just have to imagine that they're pretty excited. Amen? Amen. Don't you think so? Amen. They're pretty excited. But now, here's the Lord. He appears to them. And, and and this is what it says. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. So they're sitting there eating. And the Bible says he appears to them and, and upbraided them. Look at this. With their unbelief and hardness of heart. What? Huh. That's kind of a... Wouldn't you think that's kind of a strange thing, honestly? I mean, they've seen the Lord. Now he's been resurrected. And they see, man, the power that he has, according to Acts chapter 1, he spends 40 days with them, talking to them about the things of the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, I think I'd be a little bit more excited than what these fellows are. I really do. I'm not trying to condemn them or something, but man, why are they sitting around just, oh, I mean, they got the Mississippi mullet grubs, amen? Just uh, kind of, uh, oh, oh my. And it says he's, uh, he upbraids them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now look what he says. He's talking to the backslidden crowd, amen or not? Amen. Is that right? Now look at what he says to the backslidden crowd. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Now that's the backslidden crowd. He said, fellas, listen. Now, I don't know why y'all down in the mouth, but I want you, you, you got a job. I've been telling you all along what your job is. The job's this. You, your, your job is get out and tell every creature around your neighborhood. Is that what it says? Huh? Look at it. Is that what it says? What? Go into your neighborhood and, huh? Go into your city and, and preach the gospel to every creature there in your city. Just, huh? What do you mean, no, Kyle? What? Every creature in all the world. What? Surely he couldn't have meant that. Huh? Come on. Now, let's grasp who he's talking to here quickly. 
I, I've wanted to do this for a long time. Uh, preachers have to stand the whole service. Amen? I've always wanted to make the people stand up the whole time too. So uh, let's stop and pray and then I'll let you sit down and we'll look at the message. All right, Father, you're a great God. We love you. Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts tonight. Direct me as I preach. Lord, we do pray for Brother McMurtry as he preaches this evening. Fill him with your spirit and power. Give those folks revival. God, give us revival. Help our hearts to be stirred for the things of heaven. Uh, uh, just uh, speak to us tonight, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. I, I really have always wanted to do that, make folks stand up. Maybe get me a chair and i sit down the whole time. But here he is. He's talking to the the eleven apostles, and he says, "Fellas, look. Here's your job." He says, "Your job is it: go into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature." Now, I, I want you to understand: he is not talking to these fellows as individuals. He's talking to them in a corporate group. In other words, he is talking to them as the church that Jesus started during his personal ministry. Does anybody remember about how many folks are there in the church at Jerusalem? Y'all help me now. Acts chapter 1 tells us. Go, go ahead, Miss Carrie. No, no. That's, 3,000 got saved on that day, but before they, they got saved, how many were there? There's about 120, the Bible says, alright? So, it's so 120 folks there in the church of Jerusalem. And, and he's telling those folks, look, your job is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, I, I, I just want to give you a, a few things. First, I, I want us to see the command as it's given this evening. That, amen, is that our command or not? Yes or no? Is that, listen, it, this is the thing. He was talking to the church at Jerusalem right here, giving that one church the command to reach the whole world. Now, you and I have that same command as one church. We're going to all the world, not just our neighborhood, not just Rock, Rock Falls. What, what county is this? Is this Whiteside? It's not just Whiteside County. Not just the state of Illinois. The Bible says we're to go into all the world. That's what he said. Seems like a pretty big job, doesn't it? Amen? But I I want us to kind of take and and look at the command. There's just a couple of possibilities with the command. First, either we were given a command by God that's impossible to accomplish. And really, he must be some kind of uh, tyrant that, that gave us this command that, that that one church is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I mean, he, he, if he gave us that command and it can't be fulfilled, and the truth is, and he must be some kind of tyrant that is trying to frustrate us. That, that's one possibility. Or the other possibility is this. He gave a command that if followed, it can be fulfilled. Amen. I mean, that's the only two scenarios we can come up with. Amen? Amen. I mean, either we can do what he said, or he gave us this impossible command that just is going to frustrate us 
and, and just, I mean, drive us crazy trying to get it done. Let, let me say this real quick. What, what's going on right now in America with our churches is not working. Is that, is that right or not? We're losing. We are. And, and I, I know Brother Wilkins said this. It's kind of, he illustrated it like this, kind of like guerrilla warfare. You ever thought about that? Those folks went during World War II over there in Italy. They, you remember the Germans came in and, and man, they just literally uh, took over their country. And they, uh, uh, Czechoslovakia, can't even say the Czech nation over there. Yeah, you know the one I mean. Uh, uh, they, they, these folks had gorillas that, that would uh, go, not my, or, 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 no, I'm talking about gorilla warriors, alright. Uh, they, they'd go in and, and, and they'd try to, you know, they'd have a little fight here and a little fight there and they might kill a few of the enemy and stuff, but really they had no plan to, uh, to, to free their, their nation. Amen? And that's kind of how churches are today. I mean, we might get one or two uh, uh, snacks from the enemy every once in a while, but, but honestly, we really don't have a plan to really win this thing and liberate our nation from the enemy that's fighting us right now. Might, might as well be honest about it. We really don't have a plan. And we're, we're losing right now. And so, this, this is the thing that the command, I, I believe... Uh, well, let me say this. First, man's hopelessness and his helplessness cries out for the command to be accomplished. I mean, stop and think about it, folks. The Bible is clear that, that the devil has the lost blinded. So they, they can't even, they, 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 they don't even get it. They, they don't even understand that they're lost and headed for hell. They think everything's alright. They think they're okay. They don't even understand that, that, that the devil has them blinded to the gospel of the Lord Jesus. In fact, he has them pulling for him. You and I were in the same boat when, when uh, we were lost. We, I mean, we didn't see it. We, we hadn't grasped it. We didn't understand spiritual things. And so we were blinded. Until the Holy Spirit of God came and illuminated our minds so that we were able to trust Jesus as Savior. Amen? Amen. And so, really, stop and think. God's in love with man. He wants us to be saved. Hey, we are His crowning creation. And He wants us in heaven with Him. And so the truth is, our hopelessness cries out for the command to be accomplished. But can I say secondly, God loves, God's love proves His intent in the command being accomplished. Can you imagine God loving us the way He does, sent His Son to die, but He didn't really mean for the command to be accomplished? He said, oh well, if it gets accomplished, alright, if it doesn't. Well, just some will slip off into hell. I don't think that's God's thinking at all. I think He intends for the gospel to be gotten to every creature. No matter who it is. Red, yellow, black, or white. Doesn't matter. Rich, poor, fat, skinny, pretty, or ugly. God don't care. Big bank account, little bank account. God intends for that command to be accomplished. His love proves it. 
I mean, the Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. No doubt that's what the Lord Jesus did for us. And so therefore, we must understand, God's command is literal. And it can be accomplished. It's a literal command. He, He meant exactly what He said. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And listen, not only can it be uh, 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 accomplished, it should be accomplished. But let's just be real honest with ourselves. It is not getting accomplished right now. It's just not. And so I, I want to take, and again, I, I started out saying this, that we, we have let, this matter of the Great Commission, and and it's not just soul winning, and I, I want us to see here in a minute. Uh, turn, if you would, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 28. Let's look at command in another place. Matthew chapter 28. Look down to verse 19 and 20. Here we're given basically the same command, just in a different way and at a different time. Uh, it's still the Lord is, is uh, fixing to go back to heaven, but he, this is what He says, starting in verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach some nations. Huh? Is that what your Bible says? What? That's not what it says, Christian? What does your Bible say? All nations. All nations. How about that? says, go and teach all nations. Look at this. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Is that what it says? Huh? What? That's not what... It doesn't just say teaching them all things. What does it say? Say it again. Teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I've commanded you. See, this is the thing. Listen. If all we do is teach the Word of God, then it's just a philosophy. That's not what God said to do. He said, do this. You win them and teach them well enough to do or to observe. That's what it means to do all commands. He said, teach them well enough. Let's let's look at it. Go ye therefore and and, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go, uh, and that that word, uh, uh, go ye and teach all nations, means this. It means simply to make disciples. Win folks to Christ. He said, then baptize them. He said, do this then. Teach them to observe, to do. Listen, can I say, I think that's the area that really we're failing in. We are teaching folks, but we're not teaching them to do. Because, listen, there's not anybody uncomfortable that comes in 
Man, they sit down, they listen to the preaching, they sing the songs of Zion, they, they maybe even put money in the offering plate. They get up and go home, and man, they feel good about that. I've been at church. Amen? And that, that kind of, but that is not what the command there says at all. Yet that's, that's how we kind of, that's how we're doing church today. Come in, sit down, sing a song, give an offering, listen to the preaching, say amen every once in a while, uh, a fellowship with one another, get up and leave everything. Alright. That's not what God told us to do. He said teaching them to observe or do all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So let, let's look. Closely, and, and, and just trying to make a few observations if we could. First, if the command's to be accomplished, one of the things we have to do, folks, is have a place of training. Because it, this is the thing. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. So that we see it maybe a little clearer in another place. He says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Look at this. Who shall be able to teach others also. This is the thing. There is a personal revolving commission that's given right here. If we look at it, we see several... Uh, 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 if you will, several uh, 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 times that this commission is passed off from one generation to the next. First, we, we have, who, who's writing the letter here? Somebody help me. Paul is. Paul's writing the letter, isn't he? That's right. And Kyle had his hand up, Dad, and you just blurred it out. I just, oh my. But but you're, you were right, Kyle. It was Paul. And he he gives this Verse to Timothy, Amen. Isn't that right? Now, Timothy, we, we now listen. Somebody had already taught Paul. All right. Then Paul teaches Timothy. Then Timothy is to teach somebody else well enough that they can teach somebody else. Do you, you get it? So we have it here at least four different times that this. Uh, if you will, that this the things that he's taught them has been passed on at least four different times from Paul to Timothy, Timothy to somebody else, and somebody that somebody else to another, until that personal revolving commission has reached us today. Because the truth is, that's how you and I got saved. Amen. Is somebody else told us about the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen or not? Isn't that right? So this is the thing, folks, we need to see that he said we are to do this, to teach men. He said the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. All right. So let, let me just illustrate real quick. Brother, Brother Gomer, come here. Brother Manette, come here for a minute. Real quick. Brother Lonnie, come on up here. Help me out real quick. All right. Just stand right there, across the front. So here I, I am. I, I'm Paul, and I, I'm going to teach Timothy. All right, I, I'm going to pass 
the, the things that I've been taught on the Timothy. Now, Timothy's job is to teach, I'm to teach him well enough so that he can take what I've taught him and pass it on to the next guy. And then his job is to, his job is to teach him well enough that he passes it on to the next guy. And his job is to be taught well enough that he passes it on to the next guy. And so on it goes. Alright, thank you. You can be seated. So, do, do we get that alright? Everybody see that alright? Is that what that verse is saying? Or yes or no? Amen. It is? Alright. He's saying, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So, this is the thing. If we're going to train somebody... And we see in the commission, if the command is going to be accomplished, then folks, we have to have a place of training. Isn't that right? Uh, Go back to Matthew chapter 4, if you would. Matthew chapter 4. Look down, if you would, starting verse 17. It says, From that time... Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Now somebody can help me out. What what just happened right here? What 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 do you think, Tom? This is the thing. He, he's right. Understand, he's not calling these guys to salvation. They're already saved. In fact, if we went to Acts chapter 1, again, it would help us to understand. The fellows that were the apostles, they got saved under John the Baptist's ministry. Remember, his job was to do this. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. What John was doing... He's, he's getting folks saved and baptizing them. He wasn't a member of a church. Church hadn't started yet. It doesn't start till Jesus' personal ministry. He started the church. So what's he doing? He is getting folks, listen, to be, in order to be a member of a church, what do you got to be? I'm saved. There you go. Saved and baptized. All right? Saved and baptized. We're going to get you straight here and look at it. Say, well, at least you had boldness to at least say something. Amen. You've got to get them saved and baptized. You, you can't be a member of a church without being saved and baptized, right? So that's what John did. He got folks saved and baptized so that when Jesus comes along and he starts his church, he has material already prepared to work with. That's what John was doing. And we could go back and look at more verses. I don't want to take the time to do that. But over again, over in Acts chapter 1, and when they uh, chose Matthias to fulfill the uh, apostleship of Judas, they said, one thing that's got to be accomplished is that it's got to be somebody that traveled with us from the time of John until, uh, <laughs> until uh, the time of, of, of Christ. All right? And so we, we see that, that these guys were already saved. He is not calling Peter and Andrew, and he goes on in the next few verses, 
He calls James and John right there to the seashore of Galilee also. He is not calling them to salvation. He's calling them to come and be members of the church. And when he calls them, what does he call them with? What's he, what's he tell them their job is if they come and follow him? Fishers of men. Fishers of men. The purpose of a church is to make fishers of men. This is what we have the idea of church member ought to be today. Or somebody growing in the Word. Amen or not? Isn't that right? We think, what? Well, I mean, if we can just really get them in the Bible and get them what, the, the word perfecting. Alright, what, what we, what's the uh, word that we uh, say perfecting means? What, what is that? What, what's the word when we say we're going to perfect the saints? What, what's, what's the word? We're looking to mature them. Alright? And what does mature mean to perfect? What's perfect? And sometimes we just have this kind of circle logic. Amen? But this is the thing. He's saying, look, your purpose is to be fishers of men. It's not just to learn the Bible. We're to observe, to do. He said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command. So, I, I want us to understand, listen, if the, if the command's going to be accomplished, first we've got to have a place of training. That place of training is the church. That's why Jesus started it. And that's why He left it here. It's not just so. And, and, and listen, we ought to learn the Word of God. I, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We ought to learn the Word of God. We ought to be growing in that kind of stuff. It says in uh, 1 Peter 2, 2, Desiring the sincere milk of the Word that ye may grow thereby. But, but this is what we're doing. We're leaving out that thing of perfecting the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. And this is the thing. He said, look, I want you to come and follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. The church's job is to make fishers of men. Now, listen, I love to bass fish. I do. I, I enjoy it. Amen. I mean, like fishing. We talked about that earlier. I love to fish. But listen, I, I can either go out and I can catch me uh, four or five pounds worth, or I can go out and catch me 150 pounds worth. Now, I like the 150 pound kind. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that our job is to be fishers of men. So I want you to understand the place of training is here at the church. Now, listen, I believe there ought to be special trainers. If we're going to have a place of training, there ought to be special trainers. Amen? Ephesians chapter 4. Turn over there if you would quickly. We already kind of looked at it there for a second, but I want us to see it here. Ephesians chapter 4. Look down to verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets. Let me stop there. First, those two offices have already passed off the scene. God used apostles. They had not only a special power with God to heal the sick and raise the dead, but also they had apostolic authority that is not in effect today. And the prophets were those fellows that were foretelling or foreseeing what was to come. Those offices, once this book was completed, 
Alright, once it was completed and being written, those offices were done away. So we no longer have apostles and prophets. But what we do have, he said he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, that's what I am, and some pastors and teachers. Why? Look what it says, verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. That, that word edifying means this. We, we, we think in terms of this. It's a building up or encouraging. Now, it is a building up. What is an edifice? You think that's the root word of the word edifying? It, it, it is. It, 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 it's this. We're going to build up a church. He, he said, listen, we're to do this. We're to, we're to, my job, the pastor's job, teacher's job is to do this. It's to perfect the saints to do the work of the ministry. What, what's the work of the ministry? I'd say it's this. It's praying. It, it's walking with God and it's winning souls and it's giving. Somehow we've gotten three of those things down real good. We cannot say that the majority of Christians have let that thing down of winning souls. I mean, they've let it go. We've let it go. We've allowed that thing to slip. And so my job as an evangelist, the pastor's job, teacher's job, is to do this, to teach us well enough that we're able to do the work of the ministry. God called some folks, just, just like your son, to special uh, places of leadership. To, to perfect the saints so that we can do the work of the ministry. Somehow we've gotten that it's, it's the pastor's job or it's the staff's job. That, that's not what the Bible says at all. It says my job is to teach you well enough that you can do the work too. And what's the work? Man, part of it is this. We, we illustrated it a while ago. To pass it on from one generation to the next. So that it's passed on down to us. And I'll say quickly that if we're not careful, folks, we have in, in America today about 16 to 20% of folks going to church on any given Sunday. And when I say church, that includes all religions here in, in the U.S. Whether the, it, it's Islamic or whether it's Presbyterian or Lutheran or Jehovah's Witness form, we got about 16 to 20%. England, that used to be the, the greatest missionary sending nation in all the world, is down to 2%. And listen, this is the thing. We are losing about 20% of our kids as they, two years after they graduate from high school, 20% of them are out of church within two years. What I'm trying to get across is this, well, if we're losing, well, we're losing the battle. When our job is to train folks, so they can pass it on. Can I just be real God honest for a second? Most of us today, if we had to tell somebody how to be saved, we, we could no more take a Bible 
and sit down and show somebody how they can be saved in Manhattan. In fact, most of us are scared to death to even try to do that. We, man, we just, I, I mean, it's like we told. When, when we have the power of the Holy Spirit of God, somebody, could you tell me a greater power than the power to raise the dead? The, the power to take a life and transform it? Can you tell me a greater power than that? Man, we, we think of terms of atomic power and nuclear power. Those things don't hold a candle to the power of God. And He lives within inside us. Amen or not? We looking at that this morning. He lives inside us. And so the truth is, if the Holy Spirit of God lives within us, man, we have the power to transform life. By the way, He did say, I believe it was in the book of John, He said this, Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. And I don't know about you, but that's pretty awesome words that the Lord spoke to us. Say, man, you have the power to either see somebody get their sins forgiven or to see them die and go to hell. So we, we've got a place of training. We've got people to do the training. God gave us folks, amen, pastors, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to do the training that, that needs to be done. But again, I'm going to say we're, we're failing in the, in the job. Uh, uh, let's look at this. The training ought to be specific. Uh, well, let me, let me before I get there, uh, we must have special training. Not only special trainers, but we must have special training. Uh, uh, look, if you will, Ephesians chapter 4. Look back there to verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the... What's that next word? Vocation wherewith you're called. That, that word vocation, folks, literally means this. It's a particular occupation, uh, business, or profession. And he says, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. What's the vocation we've been called to as, as church members? Fishers of men. Listen, the moment you get saved and you join a church, you've got a new vocation. And, and stop and think about this. Brother, Brother Gomer just graduated on Friday. Man, praise God. What a load off time. Amen. And it won't be long to get his office open over there. He said, everybody come, you know, and uh, he, he'll be all right with that. And uh, he'll do his best to help you out. But listen, this is the thing. He had to have special training. And, and, and you and I need special training. And to go into all the world, to preach the gospel to every preacher. And, and this is the thing. It is our vocation now. Brother Gomert, again, he's just graduated. And, and man, I, we were talking with him at lunch today. I, I was floored. First, he is a meteorologist. And, and then, what? what uh, uh, hearing. Yeah. And then, uh, now, a chiropractor. I'm going, man, this guy's more educated than anybody I know. I mean, 
it blows me away. I mean, really, I and brother, I'm, I, I mean, I don't know you, but I'm, I'm certainly impressed that, that the fellow can have that many uh, uh, differing uh, occupations that are not just. Uh, I, I mean, I know how to swing a hammer and I could turn a screwdriver and hook up electricity, but I. I ain't never been able to twist somebody around and get them well, you know, or, or try to take their eyes and say, look, let me uh, help you or an ear. And uh, there's something about that look at the sky and be able to look at things and figure out what's uh, uh, going on with the weather. And so what I'm trying to say is, man, some, some great education you receive there. But, but this is the thing. That's not your vocation now. See, it's great that you're a chiropractor, but your vocation is winning men. All of us have something that God's going to use to take care of us financially. But that's not our vocation. Our vocation is this. It's to win men. Stop and think about this. Brother Gomer, again, here he's graduated. How many years were you in chiropractic school? Three and a third. Three what? Three and a third. Three and a third. You're probably usually a four-year program. It's three and a third. I, I, I have a bachelor's degree. I, it's a four-year degree. I got it on the 15-year plan. Amen? And uh, it kind of took me a while. But but this is that. Hey, to, to be a chiropractor, he had to have special training. There were things that he had to learn about the anatomy, about bone structure, and those kind of things. So he's able to help people. All right? And, and he didn't just one day walk into a office and say, okay, lay down there and I'm going I'm to adjust you. You know, no. Man, he had to go to school. He had to learn. Somebody had to really, I, I mean, probably had some on-the-job training, hadn't you? Yeah, I, I mean, he's worked with a doctor standing there and telling him and showing him probably at first all he's doing is watching. But then the doctor begins to say, well, look, let me show you and, and tell you how to do this. Then next thing you know, he's got Brother Gomer over there and He's the one doing the adjusting. Probably the first few times. You as nervous as cat here. I, I, remember, I, I told him back in the summer, I went down to, there's a chiropractic college down in Texas. Now, my bike was hurting, so I went over there. The doctor came in. He's got two students. Man, they're, they're taking my blood pressure and doing all the vital signs and stuff. You can tell this one guy is scared to death. I, I'm almost laughing inside. I mean, this poor man, I, and I know he was in his 40s. And he is scared bad. And I'm going, man, it's just blood pressure. You know, you're not doing anything. Make sure come on. He's just taking my temperature and he's checking my reflexes and stuff. You know, it's all right, man. Calm down. Man, when the doctor walked in after that, man, he really, I mean, the guy breaks out in a sweat. You know, oh my man. You know. Now, when they started adjusting, he, 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 first the, the doctor, they, they go through everything. They, I, I mean, they're talking it all out. What do you think? What do you, you know, talk to the students. What do you think? What, what's the diagnosis? What do you think? And, and, and then, uh, he tells me what he thinks, you know, and, and then, uh, he, he tells me what his plan of action is. And, and so, uh, he tells the guys now, and there's two of them. He says, now you stand back here and the other one, he wanted Man, these guys trying to hurt you, I think. He, he had me lay on my side, take my leg, he wants to pull it all the way around and then down to the floor. And I go, ah, you know. But this is the He was training them in what to do. And it's the same with any kind of job. Can you imagine going down to the job? It's a machine shop or something. 
And they just, they say, hey, look, we're glad you're here. We, 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 uh, have been needing new help and they've hired you and seem like a good guy. And, and listen, we, we're, we're glad you're here. And I tell you what, this is what you do. There's machines out, pulling machines out there. You just go find you one and, and get busy. Man, they ain't no more going to do that. No, this is what they're going to do. They're going to take him and they're going to show him how the machine works. And they're going to give him training so that he can learn the machine so that one day he can operate that machine. And actually they want him to learn well enough so that one day when they hire some new help, he can train the new help in what to do. You, you get the picture? That's what we're to be doing we're to be doing on-the-job training, by the way. In Acts chapter 20, verse 20, Paul said this, I have showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house. That's what we're to be doing. But again, I want to say, we've let that slip. So that we're not training folks to be fishers of men. In fact, that, can I be real honest again? Now, I'm preaching, so you know, I'll be honest, but... Man, a lot of folks, when you mention soul women, they're nervous and gone. They are not showing up when it's soul women time. Amen or not? Because mm-hmm. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Why? Because never had any training. Never had any training. But that's what we're supposed to be doing. we got special trainers that are supposed to be trained. And we need special training to accomplish the, the command. Now, let me say, the training needs to be specific. The training needs to be specific. Listen, think about this for a second. When we go out knocking doors, or we go out talking to a neighbor, or talking to a friend, talking to a relative about the Lord Jesus, the truth is, we ought to make the message clear. So that they understand how to be saved. Listen, just four simple things you you have to get across to folks. Listen, there's the fact of sin, the consequences of sin, the remedy for sin, and the individual response to the gospel. It's simple. The fact of sin is that, listen, all of us are in the same boat. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us have done things we knew there was wrong, yet we did them anyway. We've sinned against a holy God. And that causes us to fall short of heaven. If that ceiling is heaven right there, Brother Manez, could you reach up there and touch the ceiling for us real quick? Why not? That's exactly it. We're, we fall short of heaven. Our sin causes us to fall short of heaven. The second thing is this. There's a consequence for our sin. The Bible says, For the wages of sin is death. That death is a death in hell. According to Revelation 21.8, it says, But the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, what that got all of us, says, Shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is a second death or a death to our soul. And all he listed there was sinners. He said, Those folks that die in their sin are going to die a second death or a death to their soul, and that death will be in hell. That's the consequence of sin. If you and I pay for our own sin, we deserve hell. It's as simple as that. 
The third thing we need them to understand is this. There's a remedy for the sin. There's a remedy. In Romans 5, 8 it said, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me illustrate it simply like this. Say I was speeding through town. And I'm doing 70 and it's 30. Police pulled me over. Said, Mr. Natterville, you're going to get a ticket and have to go to court. I show up in court down there and the judge says, Alright, Mr. Natterville, you were speeding through town. Police would say that you was doing 70 and a 30. Is that right? Well, yes, sir. I got caught. Alright, the fine's either $500. For five days in jail. I said, Judge, I, I don't have five hundred dollars. He said, Bailiff, come get it. Five days in jail. Man, Brother Gomer stands up. He's here in court. He says, Hold it. He said, I, I know him. He, he's he's a pretty good fellow. And I, I tell you what, Judge, I've got five hundred dollars. And uh, would it be all right? I I pay the ticket for him. I pay the fine. Listen, the judge doesn't care where the money comes from. Just so long the fine gets paid. The truth is, you listen, we deserve hell. But Jesus stood up and said, Holy Father, I love you. And I'll, I'll pay that debt for him. Literally, the Bible teaches this, folks. Jesus went to hell for us. To pay for our sin. He stood up and said, Father, I'll pay their sin. Thank God he did. Amen. Amen. That's the final thing we need somebody to understand. God wants us to respond to that teaching of the gospel. We've sinned against him. We deserve hell. But Jesus paid the price for us. And now all we have to be willing to do is respond to God. The way he says we do that is in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say might be. It doesn't say maybe. It doesn't say hope they'll be saved. It says shall be saved. That is God's promise to us. That if we'll come to him, realize that, hey, I'm guilty. God, I'm wrong. And I need it. I need forgiveness. I need a savior. He said that if we call, we shall be saved. Folks, come on. That is not hard to learn. It's not. We we make Brother Wilkins used to say it like this when I was in Bible college. It's like we think that man when we knock on the door. That some big booger man's going to come out from behind the door. And he's going to grab us. I mean, that's how we act. We're scared to death. And the truth is, we have the power of God. By the way, he said, Mo, and I am with you sometime. Huh? I am with you always. You understand, Christian, can't nothing happen to you that God don't approve first? Yeah, and that sometimes there's some bad things happen to Christians. Sure there is. Man, we know of missionaries on the field been killed before trying to get the gospel out. 
I, I'm not saying I, I want to go through that, but I am saying this. If that's what God okays in my life, then I'm good with it. Because all that means, I'm going to step on the other side of glory just really quick. But those four things are not hard to learn. The fact of sin, the consequences of sin, the remedy for sin, and the individual response to the gospel. By the way, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, Brethren, when I came to you, you came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, I didn't come trying to give some flowery speech. Didn't come with excellency of wisdom. He said, I, I, I didn't come trying to uh, uh, dazzle you with my brilliance. I came with one thing. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. One thing we ought to take to the lost is it. The plan of salvation. Why? Because listen, doesn't it say, say 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14? For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. And our foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. And for you to argue King James with somebody, for you to argue eternal security with somebody, for you to argue sprinkling in baptism or immersion in baptism, for you to argue that kind of stuff with a lost man is foolish. They cannot understand it. They can't know it. Why? They're spiritually discerned things. In fact, the truth is, all you're going to do is hurt them by arguing and debating with them. That's all that's going to happen. Paul said this, I'm determined not to know anything save Jesus Christ and Him Crucified. And as we go to a lost world, four things. The fact of sin, the consequences of sin, the remedy of sin, the individual response to the gospel. We ought to stick with that. They ask a question, man, listen, what, what about this thing of sprinkling? Man, that's a great question. If I, if I could, I'll get back to that. Let me finish what I'm showing you right now. That'd be all right. Listen, most of the time they're going to say, yeah, that'd be okay. But where we are, somehow we have let the devil scare us to death. And I wouldn't know what to say. Well, I, 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 I'm scared. Listen, I, I'm telling you, folks. I, I was telling you how small and little runt I was. I'm telling you, I was such an introvert. I, I was telling Kyle, I was talking about it today at lunch. The first time I preached, what I, what I do, Kyle? I just cried. I scared to death. I, I still get nervous, Brother Manette. I guarantee you, when I got up here this evening, my palms are sweating. I, I get nervous. I get scared. It's just a handful of folks. And I've preached here a couple of times now. You think I'd, I'd be all right, amen? No, I'm not. But I know this. I can trust God. Amen. I can trust God. And the truth is, we can trust God as we take the gospel to people. To help us to say the thing. And just stick to the script that he gave us. The fact of sin, the consequences of sin, the remedy of sin, the individual response to the God. That's really all the things they have to know in order to get saved. And we ought not let the devil scare us off from that. And by the way, they need a clear message. So our training ought to be specific in learning 
how to give them a clear message. Let me let me finish with this. The last thing. What was the result of their training? Stop and think about it. You think they really believe they ought to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature? Think they really thought that there at the church at Jerusalem? Take the, to the book of Acts. Acts. Go to Acts chapter 1. We're going to start right there. Do we have any good mathematicians in here? Brother, Brother Gomer, you ought to be pretty good at math. Amen. Got a pen and paper? I want you to help me out here, alright? Acts chapter 1, verse 15. Let's start right there. We're going to run through some, some numbers here real quick and then we'll be done, alright? So the faster Brother Gomer adds, the quicker we'll get out, alright? It's all on you, brother. Alright, here we go. Acts chapter 1, verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, parenthesis, now, the number of names together were about 120. Brother, if you would, write that down. Start right there. There's our baseline. We've got 120 folks there in the church at Jerusalem. Alright? Now, go to uh, uh, chapter, uh, let's see, chapter 2, and, and uh, let's see, let, let's just go through it quickly. Uh, down to verse 41. We're at the day of Pentecost. Peter gets up and preaches, and this is what the result is. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about what? 3,000 souls. So, brother, if we've got 120, now we're going to add to it 3,000. Where are we? 3,120. All right. Chapter 2 and verse 47 now. It says, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, he said daily. So, let's stop and think about it. we got how many folks? 3,120. Now, let's, let's take a year's time. And say over a year's time, 3,120 folks that are trained to go out and win souls. You think it would be fair to say we'd get maybe 880 folks in a year? From from because he said here they added to the church how often daily. So you think we, we'd be all right if we added 880 folks in a year? Would y'all be all right with that? Now I'm just using that number so that we can kind of get things rounded off. Where are we, brother? Four thousand folks. Now that's where I want to get to four thousand. So we kind of if we make it easier on brother Gomer. I saw him kind of break out in a sweat a while ago, and I, I wanted to make it easier for him. All right. So uh, uh, at the end of chapter two, we're adding to the church daily. We got about four thousand folks after a year. All right. Let's go to chapter four and uh, verse four. How be it? Many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about what? 5,000. So now we got 5,000 that believe. Now, let me, let me say this parenthetically real quick. Listen, if on the day of Pentecost we're going to get 3,000 folks saved and baptized, listen, it wasn't just Peter working with 3,000 folks. In fact, can you imagine one man trying to get 3,000 folks saved in one day? I'm telling you, it couldn't happen. If we had a calculator and we did the math real quick and took how many minutes are in a day and so on, we'd find, hey, 
Peter had to have some help that day. Uh, what I'm trying to get at is everybody was involved getting those 3,000 folks uh, baptized that day. wasn't just Peter. Now we got another 3,000, or 5,000, excuse me. So where are we now, brother? 9,000 folks now there in the church at Jerusalem. Now let's move on. Chapter 5 and verse 14. It says, And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Now, I I have to be honest. I'm not sure. He said multitudes. That's a plural. Hey, by the way, we got every word Bible. Amen? So so that the truth is, when he said multitudes, that's exactly what he meant. He meant plural, not just singular. Would you you agree with that or not? Alright? So if, if we look... In Mark or Matthew chapter 14, first, we'd find the first fish sandwich Sunday there. Amen? And the Lord fed 5,000 folks on, on that day. And, and then in Mark, or Matthew chapter 15, we find another, and by the way, it, it called them a multitude in Matthew chapter 14. Then, and, and that was 5,000 men. Then in chapter 15 of Matthew, we have the second fish sandwich Sunday, and we had 4,000 men get saved. So 5,000, 4,000, what have we got there? 9,000. All right. And again, it called them a multitude. So if we took those two multitudes, and, and, or multitude, and we add those, you think we'd be fair in saying that's a multitudes? Amen? You, you get where I'm headed with that? All right. So add another 9,000, brother. Where are we? 18,000. Now, let's go to chapter 6 in verse 1. And in those days when the number of disciples was what? Multiplied. Now, what's the least number? Because I want to be conservative here. I want to be fair with what's going on. What's the least number we can multiply with? No. No. Say two. There you go. Two. Two. If we take the 18,000 that we got, isn't that right? And we multiply it by two, where are we? 36,000. 36,000. Because he said it multiplied. Amen? So we can't just go by one. We've got to go two. Amen? Is that right or not? So now we got how many, brother? 36,000. 36, now, are y'all with me? Everybody all right? Now, let's go to verse 7. Chapter 6 and verse 7. And the Word of God increased... And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. What's the next word? Greatly. Now, listen, you reckon God's into exaggeration? We talked about this this morning. Is He into exaggeration? No. He's not going to exaggerate. So when He says greatly, I'm going to, again, I'm going to be a little conservative here. He says greatly. How about ten? We multiply it by ten. Would that be alright? You think that'd be fair? Because greatly in my mind really isn't just ten. I mean, if you're going to say, hey, Brother Scott, I'm going to give you a, a, a steak that's going to be of great size. Man, I'm thinking 24 ounce or something like that. Amen. Huh? But we're just, we're going to stick with just ten. Now, what, what do we got now? 360,000. Wait a minute. I mean, my, my little peanut brain getting kind of blown away a little bit here. But he's the one adding it up. Now, go to chapter 5 and verse 28. Let's see what the folks in Jerusalem said that are mad at the Christians. Alright? Chapter 5 and verse 28. 
saying, Did we not straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Folks, in Acts chapter 5, we're about five years down the road from when the Peter took over as pastor. And if we are looking at this right, their enemies said, man, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. According to what the Bible says, they've got about 360,000 folks saved in five years. You think they took that command seriously? Of going into all the world preaching gospel every preaching. The command of teaching others well enough that they can teach others also. You think they took that seriously? What happened to us? What happened to us? We quit taking that thing seriously. We're in this little guerrilla warfare where we get one or two saved every once in a while. Man, we think great things are happening. I will be honest. We need an army. Right now, we are losing our nation. Won't be long. The truth is, brother, your grandkids aren't even going to have opportunity to hear a clear presentation of the gospel. Stop thinking about that. We're going to be right where England is in just a few years. We need an army. All we got is a few guerrilla bands trying to get the job done. I'm not trying to get on to us. I'm trying to do this. Help us to see there's a real command that it for real can be accomplished. The problem is you've got to join up in the army. And you've got to join. 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 You've got to join. You and you and you and you and you and you and me. We've got to quit making excuses. Otherwise, we're going to lose our nation. We're going to sit on our blessed assurance, come down to the house of God, sing a few songs, drop a few dollars in the offering plate, fellowship with one another, listen to the preaching, and head out the door. And our nation is going to go to hell. I don't know about you. I don't want to see that. I, I, I believe it's real. I, I believe it rather well enough. I sold my house. I bought me a fifth wheel. I'm going to travel all over the country. I'm trying to teach folks how to win souls. That's what the Bible says my job is. To perfect the saints to do the work of the ministry. Folks, we've got to have an army. It's not time to sit down. It's time to stand up. Say, I'm going to be a soldier. Christians talking about it earlier. He wants to be in the Air Force and in the Army. Be in the Lord's Army. That's where we need help. A song I was talking about getting copied. It's in y'all's songbook. I don't see it very often. 
532, I believe it is. Must I go and empty-handed? Must my dear... Let me see. Forgive me. Let me look it up real quick and let me sing this. A few verses of this song. You listen as I sing. Must I go and empty-handed? Thus my dear Redeemer me. Not one day of service give him, lay no trophy at his feet. Must I go and empty handed? Must I meet my Savior's soul? Not one soul with which to greet him. Must I empty handed? Go. Listen to this. Oh, ye saints, arouse, be earnest, up and work while yet tis day. Ere the night of death o'ertake thee, strike her souls while still you may. Must I go and empty handed? Must I meet my Savior's soul? Not one soul with which to greet him. Must I empty handed go? I don't know about you, I don't want to meet empty handed. He gave us a command. Folks, we need soldiers in this army. My job is recruiter. I'm asking you to join us. Some of you may already be involved. Some of you may not be. I'm telling you, we need you as a soldier. Let's stand there. Please, kids, bow, eyes closed. Scalmer, if you would, you come. Play a verse of invitation for us. Let me ask you this evening, first, are you saved? If you died tonight, are you going to heaven? If that's your testimony, would you just lift your hand, preacher? No doubt about it. If I died right now, I'm going to heaven. If that's your testimony, would you raise your hand? Now let me ask you this. Anybody tonight say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I do not know for sure that I'm going to heaven. Would you pray for me? If that's you tonight, you're not sure heaven's your home. Would you just lift your hand let me pray for you tonight? Anybody like that? You'd say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. Not sure I'm on my way to heaven. Alright? Now let me ask you this. Are you a soldier? Have you been trained? Are you taking the gospel to a lost and dying world? Father, please, as the music plays...